Hello and welcome to the Dragon Thistle Rugby Pod. Right, hello. We're back. It's been a long time. We do apologise. Um, obviously, there was Christmas where we had a little break and then as things have just happened, basically. But I think we've come back at the right time. Obviously, I know there's been URC and stuff on uh, and Europe, which I know we've missed, but I think we've picked a good time to come back with the Six Nations starting this weekend. Like you say, we do apologise. Partly, uh, my, partly my fault because we had a baby. Well, you've had a baby. Um, a <laughs> there's work stuff. There's, there's times where Mike's been able to do it and I haven't been able to do it. We actually planned to, to record last week, but the app we used decided not to work. So. Yeah. We'd have, obviously, yeah, we'd have obviously talked about uh, the squads and stuff last week, but obviously we'll, we've got here now. Anyway, Matt, how are you, mate? Did you, how was your baby boy? Did you have a nice Christmas? Yeah, all good. So he's not too bad. He, he already sleeps better than my uh, daughter, who's nearly four. So that's half decent to start with. Um, loads of nappies, loads. I've been pissed on numerous times. Um by the baby, not by Helen or anything. But um whatever. No, all good. Christmas was good. We managed so he, he came just before Christmas. So we managed to get back up to North Wales and see all the family over Christmas. So that was good. Uh, then we had a bit of a well, Helen had COVID and things like that as always. And yeah, it's just been hectic. It's gone really, really quick. Like it's been I think six weeks, I think, maybe since we've recorded. Uh, but it doesn't feel like that long. This time has just absolutely flown. Uh, what we self mate, good Christmas. Yeah, decent, mate. Decent. I was knackered for most of it, though. It's I, just, did, I mean, I we know. did see each other over Christmas. We did, Christmas. yeah. No, we had yeah. a beer Christmas Day, didn't we? Which is yeah. like the first time we'd had a beer in a long time. And I don't know, we met up in Liverpool as well, didn't we? Had a decent one there. Oh, shit. Helen... Yeah, <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> Helen, <laughs> Helen got shots. Uh, yeah, decent, mate, to be fair. Like, quiet, really. Quiet. I'm trying to be, trying to be good. <laughs> trying to be good. Drank and ate too much at Christmas as you do, so trying to be good until this weekend. Basically, it just goes out the window, doesn't it? So, yeah, yeah, all good for me. All good. Just yeah, like you say, it's nice to talk about rugby. To be fair, my missus hates it, so <laughs> mine just as well. To be fair, <laughs> and like you say, I mean, all right, we've missed we've missed a few bits. Obviously, there's been quite a few signings and stuff like that. Like we can get into that. Later down the road, but I think this is quite a decent time to be to be coming back in. While you know, obviously the the kickoff of the best tournament in the world is this weekend. Absolutely. Um, obviously, before we get into it, I I mean, there's not really like say, I mean, there's a lot of news that's happened recently, but I suppose things that have happened this week, uh, a blow for Wales, another blow, another injury for Wales. There's a shock in there. Uh, Christ Junza is out of the whole Six Nations. Apparently, had a, a bad fall Tuesday, just after he got out. He'd been, he that got COVID, isolated, got out, trained, smashed his army. So, yeah, of would, course he, would, he, would he be? Would he been in contention? Yeah, I reckon he'd have got minutes. Yeah, I think he'd have got minutes. Just because we don't, we don't, we don't have players like that in Wales. I think, and, and not necessarily. I'd... Yeah, I think. Not necessarily this weekend, but throughout the tournament, I think he'd have ended up on the bench. I think he'd have ended up on the bench in a couple of games. On the bench, I wouldn't, he wouldn't start. He'd have ended up, 
Pivak's, you know, name dropped him quite a lot. So, but it would have been good experience for him as well, wouldn't it? After being involved in the autumn yeah. and the six days, it's just a bit disappointing, really. Especially, like, I mean, imagine you've got to isolate, and it's only five days now for COVID. You get out of isolation thinking, right, set the ground running here. Bang, Hammy's done. And then even worse news than that, not that, you know, I want players to be injured or anything, and I'm not concerned, but worse news than that is the announcement from the WRU that the Principality, oh, I can't believe I'm saying this, is going to serve weaker beer and stop serving at half-time. Now, stop serving at half-time, I'm not really bothered. Like me and you, whenever we've gone Murrayfield, Cardiff, we get a few beers before and don't we drink them in the first half, get a few beers at half-time, that's what's done. Yeah. So that doesn't bother. The weaker beer thing, there's got to be, there's a discussion about that. <laughs> How much weaker it is. Not that, you know, not that we wouldn't have had a few before we got in there anyway. The wider issue is obviously there was quite a few incidents. Welsh um, fans being sick on kids or something, wasn't it? Yeah, that was one of them. But I mean, yeah, but the, that was you. That That's bad. That's bad. But like the whole story behind that is they actually, the lads who've done it actually went and found the kid and give him like, give him like 50 quid or something. They said, listen, go and buy something. Like, we're really sorry. Yeah. Just, um, which don't be wrong. You don't want people being sick. You had the guy who ran onto the pitch, didn't you, in the South Africa oh, game? God, yeah. Uh, and there was, there was a couple of things. I mean, the thing is, it's like, oh, it's happening everywhere on the ground. You're like, but there's only so many stories that come out. The bigger issue is, it's not it's not the drink in the ground. You've had beer in rugby grounds for however long. That's that To me, that's not the issue. The issue is, basically, the WRU needs to start. I bet if, if people walk into the stadium and they're already bladdered, don't let them in. Wow. If they walk to the, if they walk don't, to the bar... Don't say that. We might not get in next week. Nah, we'll get in. You're all right. <laughs> You're all right. You'll, you'll have to hold me up. Um, <laughs> But if, if people go into the bar bladdered, don't serve them. And if stewards notice people being too leery and too bladdered, get them out. You know, I mean, I, I, obviously I've simplified that. Like, and to me, listen, it's not the biggest issue. We'll have a few beers before and the game will finish. We'll go find a place to watch um, France, France Island and we'll have a few more beers, won't we? So, you know, I just think... I just think they're trying to, you know, because there's no, there's uh, like no alcohol zones in, in the principality now. Do you remember where we sat when um, we went to the, the last Scotland game? Yeah. Four years ago, whatever it is. Where we were sat there, that's actually a non alcohol zone now. Is it? Yeah. You haven't got uh, tickets there, have you? No, mate, no. <laughs> do you think I'd do that? <laughs> I'd get a ticket next to, tickets next to the bar if I could, mate. Yeah. Um, so yeah, although that is, it's kind of bad news, but I mean, it's not going to affect my weekend at all. I'm sure it will affect yours. No, exactly. Yeah, probably still be hungry by the time that game kicks off. Yeah, Ugh. can't <laughs> wait. Can't wait for the hangover. So yeah, that's uh, that's it for me. We got anything, mate? So um, just a couple. It's probably a yeah. little bit outdated now, but um, in terms of like people already probably knew about it from uh, the week before. Excuse me, but um. The Scotland women's team, um, they don't have to play uh, like their semi-final of the qualifiers uh, to qualify for the World Cup. Uh, they're just going to have to play one game now because Samoa and I can't remember the other team, uh, they dropped out because of COVID. I think it oh. was, I can't remember, Samoa and someone else. 
dropped out. And um, so now they've just got to play a one-off game against either Kazakhstan or Colombia um, on February 25th. And if they win that, they, they qualify for the, for the World Cup. They're in. Uh, so I think Kazakhstan are ranked quite quite well, to be fair. Uh, like ranked 15th or something like that. Um, or maybe 20th, something like that. They're not, they're not ranked horrendously. Um, and then just, I hadn't seen this until today, but it came out uh, the other week. So when Scott Johnson uh, was doing the director of rugby, he always said that Scotland needed a third pro team to be competitive. And Dodson's come out and said exactly the same thing now. And it's something they're looking, they'll be looking to try and make happen between like 2025-2030. So possibly a, a third Scottish pro team, you know, in the next next few years. So that'd be pretty cool. To, but obviously they've got a lot of things to try and iron out, like where would they play and, and, and things like that. Um, and I think that's it really in news. And other things are like squad updates, like Dell's come in to replace uh, Batty. But, you know, we can talk about that as we go through the... The teams anyway and stuff like that. Um, like because we obviously we'll talk as I do the teams. I'll talk about Kebel being obviously overlooked and then Adam Hastings as well, which is a little bit mental. <laughs> but we'll go into that as we um, once we start talking about Scotland, England, and Wales, Ireland and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I suppose like three teams I think would be ideal. I mean, there's a lot of talk around Wales at the moment, you know, around the regions. You know whether it should be still before whether they should uh, lower it down to three um, I seen an argument where someone said someone said oh why would why didn't you have two down south east and west and then have a north Wales region and someone's like what have north Wales produced they obviously don't do this they obviously don't do that and it was just quite narrow-minded in my I know I'm from north Wales but it's quite narrow-minded they were like you know you can't. You wouldn't be able to sell out a stadium. You wouldn't be able to get this, and you'd be like, you'd be very surprised the amount of people who would like to go and watch regularly. But, but if they put something in North Wales and you start, that's how like you can start. The well, that's how it works. And you you build then, don't you? Uh, well, and it might argument, take a while, but yeah, the argument I've seen is like, well, RGC aren't doing much, are they? And the the thing about North Wales is we're having a lot. I wouldn't say a lot. A lot. Well, yeah, talent obviously. A lot of players who are um, getting picked up by Sales Sharks and Sales Sharks Academy, and you know the big private schools. Um, and I, and I only know this because I've got uh, a friend who's involved in sort of uh, youth rugby, um, and it's a bigger discussion to have than now, but it is interesting, you know. Obviously, with the way the regions are going, up, I mean, we're going to talk about it now after this weekend, which is just classic Welsh rugby. You know, we're on, we're on the verge of a meltdown, and and how how they're funded, and you know, blah blah blah, and that's that's the problem with having a third team in Scotland. How you fund it, and have you got the money to fund it? Yeah. Um, and that's what it comes down to. Obviously, we've had Europe recently, and I think the last something like it's the the teams in the knockout stages, the top four from the Premiership, top four from the. 14 I think it's um, all four Irish provinces um, basically the, the the most well-funded are in knockout uh, well um, but yeah interesting I, I, I think for Scotland to have a player base you probably do need it because you can see it now can't you where you've got someone like um George Horn, although we will talk, he played very well at the weekend. 
he's stuck in that position now where Ali Price is a, a British lion and he signed a new contract. You've then got Jamie Dobie who's coming through who has to be given play minutes if he's going to improve. Um, yeah. And then you've got George Horn who's that in the middle player. Um, and that's a third team. You, you, you stop that, don't you? Yeah. One of them three goes to that third team and then you've got three scum offs, three international scum offs, let's say, all playing. So yeah, I think it's uh, I think you could you could have a pod about this though, about how you grow and how you do different things. That's probably something we might do maybe after the Six Nations. But we'll move on to quickly onto the URC. And like you say, with Welsh rugby just being mental, it's all doom and gloom and then a couple of teams get some good some decent wins. And it's like everything's fine again, which it obviously isn't. It's a bit t- tongue in cheek, but um, it was a kind of a, it was a good weekend for Scottish rugby and Welsh rugby. I think we should start with with Glasgow to be fair, because they had the most impressive impressive win at the weekend, winning forty two twenty away at Connaught, um, scoring six tries as well. So um, I, don't, I don't know if you've seen it. It's a hell of a game, mate. Right? Yeah, no, I, saw, I didn't see all, saw majority of it. And like you said, uh, the, I mean, it was a, like first half was fairly close. Um, and then second half, particularly towards the end, Glasgow really, really ran away with it. And they needed it, to be fair. They needed to um, to put a performance in because they got, they got the pants pulled down against uh, Exeter. Uh, and then they play, was it La Rochelle they played the week after? Yeah. And they got just, like they just got bullied, absolutely bullied, and they're obviously kind of a different, difficult place to go. But I think um, the, the conditions for once were, were, were half decent, and obviously that played into Glasgow's hands. But um, you know, all across the pitch, I mean, they were physical. They've got good tries, uh, all different types of tries. You know, um, McLean and, and Stain rocking up with two tries each. Uh, I quite like Stain. I think Stain played um, at centre, didn't he? Uh, I, I like better at centre um, than I do on the wing. Uh, he's quick, but I don't think he's quick enough to be a winger. Um, well, I've, I've, centre, I just think he's really... I just think, he's a good player anyway, but I just think I prefer him in the centre. Um, and it's just good, yeah, all across the pitch. I mean, um, George, like you mentioned as well, that like George Horn was, was just like... He was back to like George Horn of a few years ago that, you know, you thought was... Was going to come in and take the number nine shirt once. I thought he he would be the nine by now. I thought he would kind of surpass Ali Price. Although Ali Price obviously has improved lots. Um, George Horn stood still a little bit and been waiting in the wings. But um, no, he was he was very very good. And you know, I'd, I'd probably had a point to prove. I thought Dempsey was brilliant um, as he has been since he signed. To be fair, um, carried well, carried on. It was just really really good to see. Like I'm still not convinced that. Danny Wilson's the right man for Glasgow. Um, but, you know, from the way they played against Connacht, like, it was definitely, like, a step in the right direction after two really, really poor poor performances. Um, and then you can see, like, because, like, Stain and Tupolotu were in the team, you can kind of tell that they weren't really going to be starting for Scotland this week as well. I think, you know, um, which they're not. I think Tupolotu is on the bench, isn't he? But other than that, the, none of them Glasgow players are are in the Scotland 23. Yeah, but like too, Pilotto and Stain played like they were trying to get a spot though, didn't they? Absolutely, yeah. Didn't oh, they're brilliant. Yeah. Uh, too, Pilotto, he carries so well. I mean, he's he's just different. Like a lot of people are saying, oh, him and Sam, Sam Johnson are quite similar. They are in the fact that, you know, they'll carry the ball up and they'll chuck it up. But I think like, I, I, love, I, love, I, love, Sam, I love Sam Johnson. He's class. Uh, but Tupelotto is just 
he's got that offload in him and he's he's, he's quicker and he's more dynamic um you know uh, yeah. Sam Johnson's a bit like as we've said about uh, Hadley Parks you know they'll truck it up and they'll carry all day and they they don't miss tackles very often and things like that um and they've got like the nuts and bolts are good but they haven't necessarily got like that little bit of X factor like a Tupelotto's got with a with a with a nice little offload or just just the sheer power that he's got, but yeah, um, I thought you know I thought it was really really good. Um, Smith at fullback, um, I thought he was class, really really good, like, like really impressed me, because um, he's been he's been out out this off the scene for quite a while. And same with um, Rufus McLean, he's been away for a little while and he's come back with a bang. Yeah, yeah, I, I think Tupelotto it gives you sort of take. Um, Hello, hello for Wales. It's something different. It's that South Sea Island sort of. It, it, they're just built differently, aren't they? I don't know how to describe it. It's like they have a different way of playing, don't they? Yeah, and I think that it's like a, it's a point of difference. I suppose if that's the best way to put it. Um, that they have that offload, a little bit more footwork. It's just they play a little bit more off the cuff. I'd say. But well structured. I don't know. I might not make making any sense there. Like, but yeah, I thought he played well. Yeah, Glasgow. I mean, can't follow him. Can't follow. Him. But I think this is where Glasgow. You can see where the funding and the difference is. You play, you've got players like Cancellieri, although Miotti's still not getting a chance. You've got players like although Duncan Weir was very good. Dempsey. You've got these. The what they've done is they've signed really good foreign players, non-Scottish qualified players to play in these games when they're going to lose players. Yeah, uh, and I think Gregor, to be honest, probably released more players than um, that that we thought. You know, usually it's like a couple of players, isn't it? And he released quite a lot of players to play, didn't he, at the weekend? Yeah, which has really helped them teams as well. Like, so yeah, great win, uh, great win. From great wins to something really terrible, uh, the Dragons drawing with Treviso on yeah. Friday night. Um, I'm not shocked anymore. I mean, I think that's horrendous. Uh, when you think Treviso, um, you know, pretty much the majority of their squads with Italy. Um, and I don't know how many got released to play, but still the main main players would have been with Italy. Oh, I just don't know where they're going. Uh, I don't know whether it's, it, you know, whether Dean Ryan's just, you know, because if you look through the, obviously I know him a little bit better than probably you, but if you look through the Dragons team, they've got some really, really good players and some of them are quite young. But they've got like like some really really good players, and I, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure with them. Whether Dean Ryan has sort of had his moment with them or not, you know. Jonathan Thomas is available now after getting uh, sacked by Worcester. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Well, I, listen, if if none of the regions try and get him involved in any way, they'd be mental. Uh, you know what I mean? I think he's a guy who's highly rated at Bristol. He didn't want to lose him. But took a chance to go to Worcester. Um, you know, Worcester's a tough job, but I suppose they invested a lot, didn't they? As soon as Steve Diamond came in, he was a, he was a goner. But, um, but yeah, Dragons just oh, really poor. And obviously, the, this on the on the Friday, this led into the sort of the narrative of of you know how bad uh, Welsh rugby is. And then on also on Friday night, you had Scarlets losing to Ulster. Mm-hmm. It felt different though, um, in the sense that. Um, well, there was a big moment in the game. Uh, Craig, I don't know if you've seen the footage yet. I'll, I'll have to tag you in it. Um, Craig Gilroy um, tackle on Tom Rogers. 
I didn't know a neck could go that far back. Um, <laughs> now, Jacko Piper, who's taking charge of Wales Island this weekend, uh, giving me a yellow card um, on the mitigating circumstances that he fell. And he's getting tackled, so that's fair enough. But Tom Rogers, uh, sorry, Craig Gilroy, uh, do you remember the, the uh, one Wales, New Zealand, and uh, was it Nepo Laulaula? And they said that like, he wasn't legal from, to start with and should have seen red. Yeah. Craig Gilroy has got his face, his head facing the other way and has led his arms down and led with his shoulder and hit him straight in the face. So then the mitigation of him falling is gone. Yeah. Uh, and it, if you watch it back, mate, it's, it's horrendous. And it was Craig Gilroy who ended up winning, scoring the um, the bonus point try for Ulster, which really took the game away from yeah. from the Scarlets. The Scarlets did really well. Um, you know, if you look to their team, um, they were sort of down to bare bones, but it was good to see. Like they played some really good stuff. Ryan Combe is playing really well on the wing, which is nice to see. Carwin Two Plotu, number eight, finally getting exposure, and he's actually, you know, he, he looks good. To be fair, he, he's only nineteen or twenty. Um, but he's a number eight and it's a position we're sort of weak on not to say we need him in now but it's nice to see um, yeah they, they did some nice stuff and scored some decent tries to Scarlet it's just unfortunate the problem is with a game like that though it's overshadowed by something like that like, and I think between referees and TMOs obviously we'll talk about it loads uh, during the Six Nations and yeah you don't want you don't want to whinge about referees but Yako Piper is seen as one of the best referees in the world. And he's obviously got that Scarlet's game. One, because South Africa and the URC, but, be, you know, to give him a game over here before he goes to Wales Island. And I just think things like that, it's just, you can't be missing things like that. Well, uh, at the same time, you've got referees, like you've got your TMO, and he's not, the ref, ref isn't the only ref. I mean, there's no, I agree. There's, there's other people that so obviously Mike Adamson got a load of grief over that. Um, oh, who was he reffing the Harlequins oh, casting so game? Sure. But so like bad. he 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 got all the grief, but he was told by the, the TMO that it was a yeah, try. It's like yeah, yeah. It's like well, TMO's probably got a better view than I have, so I, I'll go I, with I, it. But like, I mean, that one they watched it about. I mean, the, the thing about that one they watched it so many times. Yeah, and that's another thing they need to speed it up. Uh, but it was such a poor decision. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's another loss. And then it came to Saturday, and then uh, all, all things were good again. Started off with the Ospreys versus Edinburgh. I think it was 19... No, it was... They were 14 nil up, Edinburgh were. It was 14-3 at half-time, and Ospreys ended up winning 23-19. Yeah. Uh, complete change around the second half. Um, Edinburgh were really, really good in the first half. I didn't think Ospreys were bad in the first half, though. They were very physical. They just weren't really get. They didn't really create create anything. Uh, mate. When they did, when they did get down to the Edinburgh end, they didn't really do much with it. Um, I can understand now why Blair Hickinghorn plays ten for Edinburgh because they'll do nothing with Jacko van der Waals. He got charged down, and he was he was really poor. There was. Um, well, I think, I mean, the thing for, for the Ospreys, set piece was decent. I think they got impact off the bench. Reese Webb, really, really good. Stephen Myler, you've got experienced heads. Um, oh, that, that Stephen Myler, the one I told you would be decent, and you were like, oh, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's a bit like Ali Price, you said, you know, someone said he's going to crack head if he went on to, to uh, Alliance Tour, isn't it? <laughs> so I'll see that and I'll raise you Ali Price, mate. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, really, really good win. 
really good win for the Ospreys, especially Edinburgh, top of the league. I know, obviously, they were missing players, but so were the Ospreys. Um, and those are the sort of games, those are the sort of games that, you know, you do need to win when you're internationals away. This is such a... thing about the URC now, though, is you're not going to have a lot of games during the Six Nations now, which is disappointing for some of these players because, like you said, like a player like just named off Ollie Smith, for Glasgow Warriors, he might not play now for four, five, maybe six weeks. Yeah. And by that time, everyone's back. Paul might, you know what I mean? So that's a bit disappointing. But yeah, crack and win. Um, but then Cardiff then did Edinburgh a favour, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely. By keeping Edinburgh at the top by beating Leinster uh, 29-27. Uh, Jared Evans, massive nuts. Uh, slot on a 50-yard penalty uh, between the sticks and the last, basically last kick of the game. Uh, great game, great win. Um, a lot of whinging afterwards from Leinster fans, probably because the celebrations might, might have been over the top from Cardiff, but you have to remember, I don't think they beat Leinster for 11 years. Um, big win. It was a big win in front of a really good crowd. It was about 7,000 something. Um and it was just, it was. I mean, it was a great game to watch. Great game to watch. I thought Lloyd Williams and Jared Evans had great games. Owen Lane, still a bit suspect in defence, but unbelievable in attack. Um, just, it was just nice to see. I'm a Cardiff fan, so um, yeah, really, really good. Um, you know, I've seen somewhere, you know, people whinging. You know, Leinster obviously because they don't lose too many, but they don't like losing. And they were like, oh, well done on beating Leinster's thirds. I think there was still, if it was their third team, there was still 10 internationals in the squad. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I think any win over Leinster's decent. I mean, the other point is, you know, Cardiff were missing all their internationals as well, you know, but they had a decent bat. I mean, Josh Turnbull's made. James Botham has been an absolute beast recently. He should be called in now. Shuns is out. He's put a, little, a, a bit of weight on, a bit of, uh, bit of size on. So, yeah, cracking game, cracking game. I mean, it's games like this when you watch, and I realise, I do realise it's not Lens's first time, first team, but you look at that Wales team, we've got four fly halves in there, and Jared Evans can't get in in four, in four fly halves. And obviously, this is something we just spoke about last week. Um, and then you see this week, which we'll talk about, you've got Sheedy on the bench, which means Priestland and and Anscombe aren't in. I just don't see the point. We'll get to it. But yeah, really, really good. And it does lift Wales a little bit. Obviously, huge game, really hard game this weekend. And it doesn't solve everything. But, you know, when they get wins, it sh- I think they should be celebrated. Not overly celebrated because there's a lot more to do. But um, yeah, it was nice. It was nice. I mean, if, if all four regions, say if there was three losses and a draw before this weekend, you know, it's it's not good. But um, someone else I need to say is Dylan Lewis and Reese Carey came off the bench. Unbelievable impact. Dylan Lewis, I think, was on for 25 minutes and got three breakdown steals. Uh, Reese Carey carried, and I think he carried, and he got it. Yeah, so great win. Good weekend for Welsh rugby. Actually enjoyed watching a few games for once. Um, yeah, which is... A nice lead up to obviously the main event this weekend. It's back, the Six Nations. And I don't think I probably have said it on this podcast before. When it gets to Christmas time, it's the best time of the year for me. 
Like, you're like me. Love Christmas. Christmas, brilliant. Amazing. Best time of the year. Yeah. When you come out of Christmas, you have that little lull to, to recover and then you walk straight into the Six Nations. Can't wait. Fans are back as well, which is brilliant. I mean, if anyone watched any of the... I think Cardiff played Harlequins in Europe uh, in January. No fans. It was just... I couldn't watch it. It's hard to watch. Fantastic. Fans are back, which means we're back. And if they cancel it the day we get down there this time, <laughs> I'll fucking kick off. <laughs> swear in there. Trying not to swear. Um, but anyway, yeah, Six Nations back. Buzzing. Obviously, this weekend, you've got Ireland versus Wales to kick it off. Then the Calcutta Cup uh, between Scotland and England. And then Sunday, you've got France versus someone they're going to smash. Italy. <laughs> um Shall we start with Wales-Ireland just because it's the first game? Or Ireland-Wales? So, I, I don't think this is necessarily going to be a good Six Nations for Wales. I'm a bit of a, a realist. And I, I'm, I'm always, I always have a bit of a downer, don't I? To be fair, like I'm not, not, not necessarily the most positive of Welsh fans sometimes. But obviously, this is a huge game. Away in Dublin... Um, I think th- this fixture's just been back, bouncing back and forth. No, neither team wins away, um, and obviously the way that Ireland have been playing, beat New Zealand, and you know, although the, the score probably could have been more, but it was a convincing, convincing win. Um, obviously, battered Japan, battered Argentina. So right form, like. But um, I'll go through the team that we've picked and obviously I'll, I can go through what I might, might change or what I might think. But you've got Wynne Jones, Ryan Elias, Thomas Francis up front, uh, Alan Wynne, Alan Wynne Jones, uh, Will Rowlands, Adam Beard uh, in the second row, Ellis Jenkins, Tane Basham, Aaron Way right in the back row, Thomas Williams, Dan Bigger, Louis Sabbath, Nick Tompkins, Josh Adams in the centres at 13, uh, Johnny McNichol and Sanjay at fullback. And then you've got Derry Lake making his debut off the bench. Gareth Thomas, Dylan Lewis, Seb Davis, Ross Moriarty, Gareth Davis, Callum Sheedy, and Owen Watkin. Um, to be fair, I don't think there's many shocks in there. People might be shocked by Josh Adams at 13, but Pivak's wanted to do it for so long. It didn't shock me. Um, is it a gamble? course it's a gamble I think he's played one game at 13 for Cardiff against Toulouse went all right but you know this is this is different this is you know Aviva Stadium in Dublin away um so it is a big gamble um and I think it's been done for a few reasons I don't think I think John Jonathan Davis is in this team for his experience now but I think it's obvious he, he doesn't fancy him maybe um so why have him in the squad um, but it also gets all our attacking players on the pitch. So Johnny McNichol's been able to get in the pitch, and he's sort of like a, he's always been used like a second playmaker. And to be fair, he was very good in November and was probably unlucky to uh, drop out of the after the first couple of games. Um, but no other shocks really. I, I'm happy to see Dewey Lake on the bench. Um, his arrows aren't necessarily. Uh, the best at the moment, but his physicality is carrying. He's really good over the ball. His defence, really interested to see how he, he does it international rugby. But 
You know, I suppose the only other thing that was spoken about is whether Ross Moriarty would start over Ellis Jenkins, and I think they've just gone for the player with a bit more, fair, you know, a bit more game time. Um, so it does make us a little bit small. Yeah, it's more. It does make us a bit small compared to an the Irish back row, anyway. Um, but I mean, equally, Alex Jenkins is unbelievable in the uh, autumn. I just think it's going to be a tough game. Ireland, I say, Ireland are really, really, really strong at the moment. And you're playing against, and this is no slight on Ireland, but you're basically playing against, you know, Owen Farrell, Andy Farrell, but it's basically picking a club side plus a few others. So it's, it's, it's all like, you know, it's, it's, it's such a good unit at the moment. Anyone who watched them in, in November will see that. So, I mean, for me, Wales need to keep it tight, early doors. Uh, you know, nothing too easy. All cliches, obviously, but it's it's imperative um, that we do that. For me, this Six Nations should be. I don't want to say experimental because you don't want to go down the route where you know you get you know you take a good few thumpings, but I do think it's a time where we really need to see how Wales are going to play under Pivac. I've been kind of a very supportive of Pivac. Um, but I think we've said on our pods recently, you know, he's he needed to. You can only judge him after he had summer tours I, and stuff. And obviously, I, I, COVID I hit. thought the experimental time for Wales was the not the autumn, autumn cups. It's just the autumn in national just gone. Was the one before that when he was playing all the young players? I thought that was uh, the experimental well, time. You know, he's 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 been in charge what two years now, and he's well, won a Six Nations. Should this really be when you're experimenting? Should this not be uh, yes. building towards the World Cup and well, it's, really it's, like it's, setting, like putting in your settled team and and things like that? Well, yes and no. It's experimental with the with the build. We've lost, I think it's someone said seven hundred something caps out of our team, seven or eight British Lions. Make of that what you will. There's people who be like, oh, you shouldn't whinge about it and stuff like that. Like. No doubt about it, mate. If Scotland and England lost seven or eight British Lions, your team's completely different. Now, the difference with that is most of them are coming to the end of their career. So, but if we're honest, if George North, Justin Tipperick, Alan Jones, Ken Owens, Josh Navidi, uh, did I say Justin Tipperick? Yeah. Uh, what are the other ones? Anyway, them five. If those five are fit, they play this weekend and they make us a better team. So you are having to put people in. And, and I get it. I, I get what you're saying. And this is my frustration about experimental. Under under Pivac, I mean, we scored 20, 20, 21 tries in the last six stations, which is a fair lick. We got four, uh, I think we got three bonus point tries games. Um, I know there was red cards and stuff. But you feel that... Wales are stuck between a Gatlin way of playing and a, what Pivac wants to play. I don't know. If you looked at the autumn series, I mean, we, won, we won two games, but we weren't we weren't very good. I think the South African performance was very good uh, in a game which we probably should have won. New Zealand, blasted. Fiji would have beat us if they didn't have a man sent off. And I think Australia obviously would have probably beat us as well if they didn't have a man sent off. So, um, but I mean, it's a pretty, if you look at it, it's actually a pretty settled team. 
you know, you've got Wynne Jones, Ryan Elias, Thomas Francis, Beard. Uh, Wayne Wright's been around for a while. Jenkins, I suppose, is coming back in. Backline's really good. I mean, Nick Tompkins has took a bit of a battering today, say, but I think Nick, Nick Tompkins is playing very well for a, you know, a decent Saracens team. Um, Agreed. And I think, you know, you've got to pick him. And that's what Pivak said. He said, you know, I picked a guy because he's on form playing for a good team. Um, yeah, so I, I want to see something different from, you know, I think if we try and get in an arm wrestle with Ireland, I mean, if you see the way they've, they've changed the game a little bit, haven't they? They've, they've become a little bit more of an offloading team. Gibbs, uh, Jameson Gibson Park gives them a bit more pace around the pitch. You know, I'd rather, honestly, I know it sounds weird, I'd rather Ireland have played Conor Murray on Saturday. Um, Would you? Give them, yeah, because Gibson Park gives them something different. He so, has pace. I, I, I think, so I don't, so I think the biggest problem Wales are going to have on Saturday is the physicality because you got no ball carriers in your team. Um, not I really. Just... You haven't really got any, not proper ball carriers, like Moriarty is on the bench. Wainwright? I don't think he's a, he's not a great he's not a ball carrier in the same way that a Moriarty or a or a Don Brand at England or or someone like that is. He's, yeah, but not a lot of them around, is there? Not, but Ireland got Conan that carries well. Um, Caelan Doris carries well. Just to Ireland, the whole thing that, that we've got that, no carries that, is wrong. What do you mean? That, that's who you're playing. So that's, that's why I'm, saying, players, not, I'm not. Saying, I'm not saying you're not like. Like I'm not comparing to Scotland here. You're playing against Ireland. I'm saying you're going to struggle. I think you may struggle physically because you don't have the the Ireland like the kind of like people that Ireland have that'll make like dints in your in your defence. That's what I think. So I think like a Conor Murray playing in which they play territory and and they'll play play around the pack and things like that. I actually think it's better for Wales. I think Wales is backline. I think you've got a lot of pace. I think if the game opens up and things like that. I think that plays into Wales' hands with the with the back line that you've got and your forwards you've got because they're all fairly mobile people. So I, I actually but, think them playing a more open game against you plays into Wales' hands a little bit more. I could be wrong, but I think if they went down the... If Ireland stuck to like just a set-piece kind of game and kicking for territory and the line, I think they they absolutely hump Wales that way. But I, I think Gibson Park gives them both. Gives them both. Ireland will use their forwards, whatever, no matter who, who the scrum half is. But I think it's easier to read with Conor Murray as the player he is now. He's, he's obviously a bit different. He's slowed down a bit. He's not as a... As a James Hume gives them part, gives them pace. And by giving them pace, these ball carriers... When Ireland get quick ball, which is what they're good at, which is because they're packed so good, that's why their carriers are so good. If it's a slow... If it's a, if, if the rook ball's slower, which probably would be with Conor Murray, you can line them up a bit more. I'm not saying you'd stop them. But if you look at that, you know against Japan. I know it's not a good comparison, but the New Zealand game, they just play with so much pace at the moment. Listen, their pack is better than ours. I'm not denying it. You know, at the end of the day, I, Sean O'Brien said he wouldn't swap any Irish player at the moment for a Welsh player. I kind of agree with him in a way, apart from I do think Josh Adams and Louis Samet are better than Conway and Hanson. But um, I wouldn't swap it. You know, it, you wouldn't swap any of them in the forwards, it's not that our forwards aren't talented. I just think at the moment, you know, and it's such and that pack is, except for Ty Byrne, which is unbelievable, is Leinster's pack. They all know how they're, they're all playing, uh, how they're playing together. It's going to be a hard game. It's going to be a tough game. Wales just 
sounds silly. They need to be in the game at half time. Uh, not give away too much. So, I mean, the, the team they've picked, I mean, they've been kind of forced into it in the back row. You know, I wouldn't have been surprised if he put Sad Davis at six, um, but he shouldn't be. He's playing very well in the second row. It's another. It's a back row, which, like in the autumn, was meant to be able to play, you know, and do a bit. Tame Basham, he did that in the autumn. Um, you know, this will be a different, this will be a whole different kettle of fish sort of thing. So, you know, are we going to play a bit? That's the other thing. With the ball that we do get, which I don't think is going to be too much with the ball that we do get, are we going to play? Now, if I'll tell you now, we could play with Thomas Williams, Reece Samet, Tompkins, Adams, McNichol, Sanjay. They're all there. Our main man, who's our captain now, is Dan Bigger. Now, we said it last week, who else would you pick at the moment? You know, he's got to be in there. I know he's captain as well. He's got to be in there. But Dan Bigger is can be creative. You know, he's still doing some really good stuff there. But uh, like you said at Northampton, he's also surrounded by other players who are playmakers. Um, Tompkins can be that playmaker, but I don't think it's his biggest strength. Josh Adams, we haven't got a clue. We haven't got a clue, have we? Until we see him on Saturday, we don't know <laughs> what he's going to be. We don't. I mean, to me, it's an in, it is an interesting pick. I wouldn't have done it against Ireland, mind you, but it doesn't bother me at the same time. I think with Josh Adams, it won't be an attack because he's got great footwork, he's got pace, um, he's got power. So the carrying part and all that, it's more, you know, does he get pulled out defensively? You know, I don't, he's not a bad tackler. I wouldn't say, you know... It's not exceptional, but he's not a bad tackler. But it's obviously the position and the things like that. Like, so, you know, he's, he's picked a back line that, you know, if you, if you just looked at our back line and not our forwards and you go there, you'd be like, it's not bad. It's, it's full of potential. And, you know, if you see Lou Reese-Amitt's try last week, where he basically jogged. That's class, that, mate, yeah. Just, where he's just, I mean, don't he, he could have been full speed, but he just doesn't look like he's full speed, does he? So, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. He's been there that long. That it shouldn't be experimental, but obviously because we're keeping some of these, you know, rightly or wrongly, some of these, what we've done now, what we've done, unfortunately, and it's down to the players, we've kept players on probably for too long, but at the end of the day, you know, Ken Owens is still playing to a top standard. Alan Jones was. I don't think Tipperick and North should be in that because, Tip, you know, Tipperick's 31, 32. But there's always, you know, until now, he's never really had a bad injury. Yeah. Um, George North is 29, so I still think he can play. Navidi's 30, but all these players are 30 or close to or above. And our problem is now is... Pivak, I think, once, once Pivak had that first Six Nations and it didn't go well, it's kind of, I think he needed results, didn't he? I mean, we spoke, he needed results. And I think he just went back to the well. You know, could could Ken Owens still have been in the squad but been on the bench? Because I think, you know, you could have Ken Owens come off at about, I think he could impact it. Alan Jones, yeah, I reckon you could bring him on in the second half. Um, so you could still have him around there, but we haven't done that. So now, you know, you know, we have got Will Rowlands, you know, who's only probably got 12 caps or something. You know, Tane Basham's got four caps. Um, front row's pretty experienced. Uh, back lines, you know, 
I say it's experience. Big has got a load of caps, but apart from that, you know, Josh Adams and maybe Sanjay. Yeah, he's got a load of caps. So, I mean, if you if you look at the bench as well, you probably Derry Lake on on a debut. Gareth Thomas, who's got three or four caps. Dylan Lewis, who's got a few. Seb Davis has probably only got about ten. Moriarty's got about fifty. Gareth Davis got fifty, but Sheedy and Owen Watkin. Yeah, yeah. The, the the bench is big as well. If you look at Ireland's benches. They've just got a really good team, haven't they? Yeah, really yeah, and they could and they could put out two teams that yeah, yeah. that compete in the Six Nations. Yeah, and 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 they're in form. They're confident. It's in Dublin. Um, would I be be a bit more confident if it was in Cardiff? I probably I wouldn't say we'd win, but I'd be a bit more confident if it was in Cardiff. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, we need to get into Sexton's face early doors. Um, Getting whinging at the ref, it'll be interesting to see bigger in him. That referee, that Yako Piper, is going to have four years. He ain't looking forward to that game, is he? No, but I mean, I mean I was, they'll, they'll try and wind up bigger, but we should try and wind up. He loses it as captain, Sexton. Um, so that's where you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We we need to we need to put up in a, in a good performance. I mean, to, sounds bad to keep it close. We need to put in a good performance. Can we win? Of course we can win. You know, someone's going to get sent off, aren't they? We always get a red yeah. card. So. Um, yeah, interesting game. Interesting game. So, I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm like you. I think Wales can win. I, I do think Ireland will win. Um, like, uh, yeah, I, I don't see, at the moment, if Ireland tip up the way they have been, like in the Autumn Internationals, I think, most of the teams are going to struggle to live with them uh, because they were class against um, against New Zealand. That was ridiculous. Um, one of the things I was going to ask you about, though, was like Sheedy, seeing him in the squad, because isn't um, like just with him in general, like obviously he's been the, the 10 at Bristol steering the ship and all that kind of stuff. But then mm-hmm. AJ McGinty's going there soon, isn't he? And like, yeah, I, I, I think AJ McGinty's class. Like, I, I would like if you said to me who's going to start out of them two, I would say AJ McGinty. Um, I just wondering what that means for like Sheedy. I, mean, I think he signed a new contract with Bristol, or he's got a long term contract with Bristol. But obviously, with someone like him coming in, like Sheedy's game time reducing even more. Like, do you think there's like possibly like Welsh regions going in for him? So I think Sheedy is out of contract next season. Okay. I think you've got like 18 idea. months. Yeah. yeah. So I think the the AJ McGinty thing is long term planning from from Bristol. They know that if Sheedy wants to play international rugby, he needs to be at a region as the rules stand now. Um, and AJ McGinty's a really good. I think where Bristol have got AJ McGinty for competition as well. If you think about it, if Sheedy's out that team, the next number ten is. Uh, probably Yoan Lloyd, which isn't wasn't the worst replacement, but he doesn't play there for him. Um, so I think they've, they've looked where they need a bit of strength and depth. One, he's a good player. Two, he, he, he costs a lot of money. I think AJ McGinty. Yeah, yeah, he did, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I mean they get Nathan Hughes is on half a million a year, mate. So yeah, but he's, he's going, isn't he? Yeah, that's what that's probably how they got AJ McGinty. He's not five hundred no, grams. My point is, if they're going to pay AJ McGinty all that money, they. They do bringing him in to just fight it out with uh, Rashidi. They he's going to get given the keys, isn't he? 
Oh, you, you, well, you, you think so? You don't know? I mean, you'd imagine so. I think AJ McGinty's there because they know Sheedy's going to go. So while while AJ McGinty's available, you go and get him. You know, because you could leave it, couldn't you? And you, you know, you don't get someone. And AJ McGinty was obviously in the shopping list as soon as George Ford signed for. Same again, George George Ford signs for Sale Sharks. AJ McGinty probably isn't playing. Oh, I, thought Ford. Mc, I thought McGinty had already turned down the deal. I thought that's why they went for Ford. No, I think that was in the works beforehand. So the the, the Sheedy thing is his last couple of games for Bristol have been a lot better. I mean. They've had a lot more of their better players back, haven't they? Radrada, Piatau and things like that. So, um, I suppose anyone playing with them sort of players looks better. Um, the one thing I will say is is that I think with Sheedy, you are looking to someone who could be Wales' 10 in the future. Will he? I don't know. Um, but you could have... Put, stuck uh, Priestland in there. He could have put, stuck Anscombe in. Anscombe was never going to be in there because he went back to the Ospreys, ended up playing fullback. Um, and then, I mean, Priestland's a really good player, but then you know we really shouldn't be looking at a thirty-five-year-old fly off of the bench, should we? No. Um, so we've gone for the younger guy, the twenty-five-year-old, um, who is a good. He's a good player. Um, I don't, you know. The, is he a world beater? Probably not. Can he be handy at international level? I think he proved that last year in the Six Nations. Um, interesting. I mean, he's going to end up at a region who I don't know. Um, but he'll end up in a region within the next two years, let's say. Um, you know, he might end up playing 12 for bloody Bristol. You never know. It's one of them. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, for Bristol as well, you've got someone like Yo and Lloyd who's probably, no one knows his best position because Pat Lamb plays him everywhere. Um, but he wants to play fly-off. Um, and I think he, he signed a new contract for it, but he got capped two years ago. So he'll, you know, is he eventually going to go there? So the dominoes will fall where they fall. Um, I can't complain about Sheedy being on the bench because I think... You, You've got one eye on the future, haven't you? Yeah. Biggest 32, 33, you know, he'll go to the next World Cup, probably. Um, but we do need to start looking into that future, you know. At first, we, we had our talks about fly-offs and centres and stuff like that, like last year or the year before when we started doing this. And all that's just gone to shit, mate. <laughs> and that's, that's you know, we've, we've stuck onto some players for too long. And this is this is it now, so... We'll see. All right, should we talk about Scotland? The big can... this, is, this is the best game of the weekend, to be fair, isn't it? I hope, well, I hope so. Well, it's only the best game of the well, weekend it's got to win. No, well, it, it looked like it could be the best game of the weekend, except there's high winds and heavy showers on Saturday, so... Yeah, I mean, the thing about it, and the worst thing about it, I think, from my point of view, is, well, it's not the worst thing, there's probably more talking points about the England team than the Scotland team, to be fair. Um, Because, like, the Scotland team it is so, like, it's in general, I mean, I think of the 23, I probably would have picked 21 of them, maybe. I'd like, you know I mean, I'd have been like... It's nice, easy pick, so, isn't it? I think it's just so so settled. Um, you know, the, there was, the question marks for me were always going to be, um, well, I was surprised, one of the main surprise was that Gilchrist got in ahead of Cummins. 
that surprised me. Yeah. Um, you know, Cummings has been um, pretty much never present under Townsend when he's been fit. Um, so that one surprised me. But front row, yeah, that's what I expected. Second row, yeah. I suppose if it wasn't, I mean, I, I would have thought Skinner might have got in ahead of Gilchrist as well. But I suppose Skinner's got that versatility that he offers from the bench, covering second row and back row. Um, back row was all thingy. Then I was a bit unsure inside centre. Um, I thought he might give it red path. Um, but I think maybe with the team that England put out, he might think like a, a Sam Johnson trucking it up uh, at uh, um, Marcus Smith, uh, Slade and Daly. You know, you know, he, he might take some stopping. So maybe he's gone with that. Um, and then, yeah, everyone else. Do you mean it's, I'd say, the only question I really had a question about was who was going to play inside centre. Scotland are a bit like Ireland, where they've got a very you got a very settled team. Yeah, where it's a couple of players could change in an outcome. They like for yeah. me that that team they picked. I thought maybe Bradbury would have got in because I think you know, I, I, I think, think Bradbury's well, form for club has been have a lot of carries, do you? You're the same. You don't have a like Wales. You don't have a lot of big ball carries, do you? No, exactly the same. Yeah. Um, um, so I think. The reason he's gone Ferguson is probably the same reason why I wouldn't have picked King on to be the cover at 10. So Bradbury's played very, very well for Edinburgh, but Edinburgh haven't played like the Irish teams or anything like that. So he's a bit, do you know I mean, he's not come off against a, a really good pack. Whereas although, which Glasgow have played some of the Irish teams like Ulster and, and things like that, and, and Ferguson's gone well and and they've played like Exeter twice and they've played like La Rochelle. So he's played against big packs. So like, although you might say Ferguson's form's not been as good, he's been playing against better opposition, you know, invariably. So I think that's probably why. And that's probably going to get Bradbury. But then at the same time, Townsend's gone. Well, I picked King on because he's playing better than Hastings. But I'd argue that the quality of opposition that Hastings has played against is a lot, lot higher than what... Because um, when... Um, King has been playing at ten. It's not been against you know. It's not, when it, when it um, Edinburgh's best win this season against Saracens, King on didn't play. He won't play in ten. Do mm. um, Jacko van der Vaart? No, um, it wasn't him. It was um, I can't remember his name. Charlie Smaller. Yeah, he played ten. I think. Yeah. Um, so you mean so it's I, I don't know. It's a bit mental. I I think like you know if, if Finn Russell gets injured after five minutes and. Uh, King on has to go at ten. Obviously, if that's a worldie, brilliant. But if he has a nightmare, that's not King on's fault. That that's on Townsend. That is, um, and I think that's a massive, massive risk. Um, I was quite surprised. A couple of the bench maybe surprised me. Um, I suppose Tubalato does cover wing as well, so centre and wing. King on covers ten, full back wing. Uh, but I thought Velicott would get the shout at nine. Uh, well, as <laughs> as a sub strummer, that surprised me with his form, but. Um, but apparently White I think most of the games he's been a lot of the games he's played for London Irish has been coming off the bench and he's made good good impact coming off the bench so I assume <laughs> that's why he's gone with that but I'd have gone Bellacourt like that's, that's exactly what that's exactly what Townsend said yeah he, he was asked about it and he said oh you know Ben White's used to be co- used to coming off as a sub so I just think that's mental yeah so yeah guys Tom Bowler mate but in, in general, you know the, the team's not surprised me. You know the majority is who I who I'd have picked anyway. Um, 
I think the game, I generally do not know what's going to happen. Like England have picked, to be fair, a really, really exciting back line, in my opinion. Like, you know, um, the forwards, I don't think like, I don't think we've got anything to worry about. I don't, I don't think we do. Anyway, I could be absolutely wrong, but I think um, Sutherland, Turner, and Ferguson will fancy themselves against Genge, Sinclair, and um, and Cowan Dickey. Um, I think when they played in England, when they played at Twickenham last time, I'm pretty sure the front row was. Well, I think it might be Jamie George, but I'm pretty sure it was Genge and Sinclair that started. And you know, we had, I think we we more than matched them in the scrum. Um, so it's interesting. The weather's not due to be very good, so that could maybe suit Scotland a little bit more, uh, just because we're more used to playing them conditions. But I, I like Eddie Jones coming out saying Scotland are favourites. Like England should be able, like the amount of depth England have got. I mean, I know they're missing a few, but to say Scotland are favourites, I'm not sure. Scotland are favourites. Scotland are favourites. Do you think? Yes. I mean, I don't know how well that that tag suits Scotland either, but. I mean, I, th- I think Scotland can win. I think we've got a good chance. But I think with the bookies, England are favourites by two or something like that, I think I've seen. I, I think Scotland should be favourites, personally. If you look at the teams, England have picked a team. It's like England have picked a team where they haven't looked at the weather. And I can't believe Atkinson's not. I, uh, yeah. So I still think, I mean, I think, uh, I'm not sure how good Slade is at a 12. I'm sure he's really good. He's a hell of a player. That hell of a player. But but he's he's been always used at thirteen. I think Farrell and Slade have always been better when they've had Tuolangi or a big thingy. And obviously Marcus Smith is used to having um And I think with the weather how it is, having a big ball carrier in your midfield is huge. Is huge. And um I just think I just, I don't know. I, I really fancy Scotland. I do think the favourites. If you look, what I'm saying is, it, we've already said it. Scotland have got such a settled team now, but it's a settled team with quality. It's not necessarily Scotland of well, that being horrible. Say six years ago, where they might have had a settled team, but the quality wasn't all the way through. Quality off the bench as well is good. Although England's bench is very, very good. Yeah. Um, I think England probably have a slight edge on the bench. Um. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I just, you know, you start, you're going to start Marcus Smith. I can't believe they haven't started uh, Don Brandt. Saying that though, um, Sam Simmons has also been playing very well. Yeah, I think Sam Simmons might be better in an arm wrestle because Exeter kind of play that way, don't they? Yeah, they, kind of, they can play that arm wrestle sort of thing, and I think that might be some of the thinking about it, and then the impact of Don Brandt off the bench. Um, I, I I think for Scotland, looking at England's backs with um, Smith, uh, Slade, Daly's not great defensively. I don't think um, Malins is particularly good defensively, but I think I think surely Duhan's going to be coming down. At he won't be on his backs. wing a lot. You would like he to think be, he won't be on his wing. his wing doing yeah. like coming in at that because. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I mean, you've that's got to, you've that's got to be you know seen as a bit of a weakness uh, with England. However, I do think if if um, Smith gets their backs going, I think in attack, I think they could. I think there's some class players in that attack for England, and if they get, you know, if they get some decent quick ball, it could be a could be a worry in that sense. There is, but Scotland got one of the best defenses 
in the Six Nations. You've yeah. probably got one of, if not the best defensive centre in the Six Nations in Chris Harris. Harris yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I know, I know you listen to Danny Kerr because, you know, he is Marcus Smith's teammate, but I would be running, I'm like you, I'd be running down, <laughs> I'd be running down Marcus Smith's um, channel a lot. Yeah, um, he struggled there against Cardiff. Um, and, you know, Cardiff don't have Duan van der Merle yeah. in their team, uh, with all respect. Um, and, like, the thing about England as well is that back line's never played together. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, it, I can't you, believe Marchant's on the wing. I'd have played Marchant at centre if I was going to play any of them at the centre. You know? <laughs> I, I think he's gone for Marchant to line up against Duan. And Marchant yeah. came on a, a wing against South Africa and did really well under the high ball. Um I mean, to be fair... No, against you know, South Africa, he went to centre, didn't he? He's, yeah, but he either started on the wing and then ended up yeah. moving because Tuolangi went on one of them. Yeah. But, he, um, yeah, I think he started on the wing, didn't he? And then went to centre, yeah. Um, but defensively, he lined up on the wing. They, they, they swap everyone around. I, I don't know, I just I fancy Scotland. I, you know, you had a decent enough uh, autumn nations, right? The South Africa game was a bit... But I, I, they're not like England aren't going to do what South Africa did this year. I don't think the pack's decent, but Azikwe has been playing six more for Saracens. Um, Charlie Yules has been hasn't been good for Bath. Um, you know, back row Simmons and Curry, I think are really good. Lewis Ludlam is a good player, but I don't think it's you know it's like having Underhill or Courtney Laws in the back row. And I think that's where they, they, they've lost. They've lost like. They've lost a bit of light. I texted you earlier, didn't I? I think you can attack them in the lineup now because it's going to a Toje or it's going to uh, Ezekwe most of the times. Curry, Ludlam, and Sam Simmons aren't exactly unit, like, as in tall, I mean. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's a, it's an area where, you know, you've got Scotland, you've got uh, Richie Gray, Gilchrist, Gilchrist, and Jamie Ritchie. Yeah, and then probably. Probably throw Ferguson into that. Like he's not short, is he? I don't Matt think Ferguson. he. I don't think he jumps on the line out. But you know they might utilize that. Um, so that's an area I think they can go. I think, um, like anything, you know. And I think it's a bit disrespectful now. And I've said it a few times, and I probably shouldn't. If Finn shows up and he plays, you know, how he plays, and he. Like Scotland have won games when he hasn't had to be good. That's how that's how good Scotland are now. That's a compliment, in my opinion. When he hasn't necessarily had some of his best games, like that, when you beat him at Twickenham, he had some decent touches and he had some horrendous touches. He got yellow carded, didn't he? Got yellow carded and then red carded yeah. in France. And then in France, so Scotland are in a position where they don't need that. But I think what Scotland have got now compared to England, if you look at Scotland's spine, it's so settled that front row. Johnny Gray, Richie, Watson, Ferguson. It's a unit that play together. Price and Russell, um, Chris Harris, Hogg. That spine of that team now is all... And for, for me with Scotland, Scotland's expectation now, and I know you'll hate it, and I know Scotland fans don't, Scotland's expectation of this tournament is to go and win it. They're, they've got a, a time now in the next two to three years where they've got players in their primes who are... Some of them are world class, and some of them are li- literally just below that level. And I think it's tough on them though because they've finally got this squad, 
and then France and Ireland turn up with <laughs> what they've fucking got. And that that's so unfortunate. And but I still think I still think Scotland can go and beat them teams. Problem for Scotland is is like last six nations, you go and beat Tw- uh, England at Twickenham for the first time in twenty six years, whatever it is, and then you get beat by Wales the week after. All right, red cards and blah blah blah. It's just, I think you know they've got it there, and I, I think England are there for that. I, I, Eddie Jones with some of these picks is just. I mean, they've got a lot of injuries, haven't they? They're missing a few. They're missing a good few players, but I don't think that's a win for England because they've got the most amount of rugby players in the world, uh, probably apart from France to pick from. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, look at that team. Don't get me wrong. I would, I would be sitting on the fence if it was. A sunny day or a dry day with a nice flat track. You you look at that England team and you go, there's there's playmakers all over the place. Um, Freddie Stewart, I can't wait to see him. Uh, see how we, how he goes, um, because you know, kicking bombs at him is probably pointless. Like six foot five fullback. I just think it's a really interesting game. And well, like my friend at work, he's an English fan. He was just like. He, he fancies England to do you by 10 after seeing the team. I, I don't know. I don't know. Is he an England fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he just said, I fancy him by 10. Now I'm really confident now. And I said, oh, I'm not too sure. I quite fancy Scotland. And he's just a, just a settled team. Settled team. Murrayfield. Fans back. Huge. Huge. Um, yeah. I mean, I just hope... <laughs> The wind dies down, the rain stops, and we get a we get a decent game out of it. Because you remember, was it when England won twenty nil or something six yeah. years ago? Back, 16, when, yeah. when the weather was absolutely gash. Just, oh, last year, last year the weather was honking. Yeah, well, do you remember that that Wales game, Scotland and the Six Nations, the rearranged one, all that bloody the storm, yeah. <laughs> just. Yeah, I think it really interesting game. I, I rate Scotland. I just think, I think you're doing. I, right, I, I, I think, I think, I think it'll be close because Calcutta, Calcutta Cup games in general are very close. Takeaway, you know, there's not a lot. You know, I'm taking these stats off of the podcast I listen to, but there's not never really that many tries. There was the blowout that England, England did to you, didn't you? When Fraser Brown got Simbin mm-hmm. and the second or whatever then there was the 36 all that we watched where in 2019 which was that was just insane just crazy game apart from that they're usually quite close even though you, you dominated England last year but the scoreline was still pretty close wasn't it and I think that's I don't think there'll be much in it but I think Scotland yeah I think Scotland Pippen I really do I hope you're right. and then, and then, and then full of confidence Going into Cardiff and I'll just get bladded so I remember. <laughs> right, so anything else? Sorry, anything else to say? That I kind of just no, I'm not out. not on that game. I'm just I'll be incredibly nervous as I normally am. Yeah, I love it and hate it. So Saturday would be it'd be horrible and amazing at the same time. I'll get up in the morning, have my breakfast, and then I get I, I get nervous, me, and and uh, that's how, that's how I end up drinking more because because I get nervous. And excited at the same time, I just start shoveling ale down me. She'll <laughs> annoy the wife. Yeah. Right, okay, then. So we're done with that. I mean, 
briefly France, Italy. It's going to be they've 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 managed to recall Dupont and Intermac and all the people who were isolating. They're all back in the team, so I think it's in Paris as well. So no, you can only yeah, see yeah, uh, one winner, regulation winner. So just to finish off, we decided we would have done this same again. We'd have done this last week, but we talked about squads and stuff like that. So we're going to do our predictions. So we've decided we're going to pick a winner. We're going to pick what we think the table will look like. And then we're going to pick who we think the best player of the tournament will be. And we decide to do a best newcomer. Uh, I've done one for Wales and I've, I've done my best newcomer as well for the whole tournament. Um, winner, Mike? So winner of the Six Nations, I think France. Yeah, I agree. They've got England sure. and Ireland in France, haven't they? So Yeah, purely on that. Purely on that. I think if you look what Ireland did to New Zealand, they battered them. And then you look what France did to New Zealand and they wellied them. Especially, and and the, the impressive thing about France's win was they flew out to a lead and then New Zealand came back in to draw it and you think, this is the old France now. They've, they've lost it. And then, boom, 20 more points put on them. Um. Yeah, big factor is is England and Ireland at home, which I think France Ireland in the second round probably should be the game of the tournament. Yeah, um, which will be interesting to watch when we're down there. Um, yeah, hundred percent. I'm going with France oh, as well. Wales Italy round five for the wooden spoon. <laughs> Still might be high scoring. <laughs> um, I put France, but I've actually put I've actually put no slam. Yeah. yeah, I don't think there'll be a slam. I, I don't think there'll be a slam this year. Um, my prediction for the table, I'll give you mine first. Uh, France, Ireland, Scotland, England, Wales, Italy. Uh, I've got exactly the same. Nice. Wow. So we've we basically, we've agreed on France, no slam, and the table. Yeah. Wow, fuck me. <laughs> I'm hoping... Wow. That. But uh, yeah, I think France, Ireland, uh, Scotland, England, Wales. Hopefully, I mean, I'd love to see England at the bottom of the table as well. But no, I don't think I'll happen, mate. We've got to go to Twickenham, so we've got to go to Twickenham. We got France at home and Italy at home. I don't see us beating France at home. <laughs> um, I do see us beating Italy at home, though. So, uh, best player. So, is it player best player the... from from Scotland or just best player overall? Uh, you can do one for Scotland as well. I've done a best player overall, but yeah, we can do a best player from from our teams as well. Uh, so best player overall first, then Dupont. Dupont, right? Yeah. You've gone French. I've also gone French, but I've gone for Cameron Wokie. I don't know if you've seen him play yet. No. Uh, back row, second row, mate. Unbelievable. Uh, Such I'd, a good player. I'd go Dupont or or Ficao every time. Ah, right. So I went Wokie or Kalen Doris. Yeah, good shout. Because yeah. um, he was unbelievable against the All Blacks. Uh, been great. Uh, who do you think your player of the tournament for Scotland will be? Best player over the, over the whole tournament. So I've got Hamish Watson or Finn Russell. Yeah, steady Eddie's them, aren't they? Yeah. Not Hog. Consistent. No. He's been playing well, uh, Hog, to be fair, but no. Um, I would go who I think would be consistent over the whole tournament. It's difficult for me because I think the Wales team will change quite a bit over the tournament. Mm. Uh, 
Liam Williams? I don't know. I'm going to go Thomas Williams. I think he's got his opportunity to start. I think he's in fine form for Cardiff. Um, he should be given the whole tournament. And yeah, I'm going to go Thomas Williams. And best newcomer? If he gets on, uh, Rory Dodge. Easy, easy. Yeah, it was that, to me, if I was thinking Scotland, it'd be Dodge or Tui Pilotti, who we obviously yeah, spoke about before. Sure. Best newcomer overall? Uh, Remember, it's somewhere. It could be Marcus, somewhere. Does Marcus Smith count as a newcomer? Yeah, because he hasn't played Six Nations rugby. Uh, if he, if if England gel, then possibly him. Mm. So, yeah, I, I, I overall, I, I wrote down. Although he's on the bench, I wrote down Don Brunt. Yeah. Um, I think that's an. I suppose that's an easy one. Um, I think, yeah, you could throw Smith in there. Freddie Stewart. Yeah, Stewart's a good shot. Um, you know, Ireland, they've got a settled team. France have really got a settled team. Uh, so as newcomers go, yeah, one of them three. Although, you know, I don't want to pick English players, but I will because they are good. For Wales, um, I think I could easily just go Tame Basham because he hasn't played Six Nations. I am interested to see if he can continue that form from November. Has Alice uh, Jenkins played much Six Nations? Um, no. So, yeah, yeah, I think he has played Six Nations. Uh, has he? <laughs> Yeah, um, but I think if I was really, it'd be Dewey Lake because um, hooker is a position where oh, we've had the sheriff, haven't we, for years. Uh, you've got Elias now, but we need to have these things. We need competition. Dewey Lake, Dewey Lake, honestly. And I know I've said this about Jack Morgan and stuff like that. Like Dewey Lake, if he can get his arrows right, which is a big, big quest, big ask, isn't it, with hookers and stuff? Yeah. Um, he could be a lion, could be a world beater. Cool. Are we going to match predictions? Point? Yeah, I've gone Island Wales. Yeah, I only done them to because Wag said it didn't work, so I've done them. Um, gone on Island Wales. So I've gone Island by 14. Okay, I've done Island by 22. He <laughs> was. Uh, Scotland, England. Scotland by four. I did Scotland by five. And then France, Italy. By France by 30. I've done 34, is what I've written down here. So, oh, God, I hope that's Wales by three. Scotland <laughs> by 50. And I don't care what how, how many points France put on Italy. Actually, I do. I hope Italy win by five. Yeah, I hope Italy win, yeah, but I don't yeah. think Wales. Um, Nah, it's in it's, nah. uh, no, it's in France as well, isn't it? It's in France, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, fairness to Italy, rather than putting them down, they've got the the, the Treviso coach, haven't they? Who done well with them? He's yeah. with them now. They've got some. They've got some good players. They've got some good young players. You got that uh, Gabrisi. Is it? Is that how his name? Gabrisi. Garbisi. Garbisi. You got uh, that Mori. I think he's in the centres on the wings. He's a very good player. Forwards are always pretty decent. The thing is, is it's once, 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 once they get one or two injuries as well, the depth's no no good. But the, the problem is, is is they're usually competitive for the first. I mean, we've got them last, and usually by that point, it's. I don't listen. If we lose to them in the last game, well, I'll never show. Well, we quit the pod. But um, 
they're usually a bit competitive at the start, aren't they? But I yeah. think they've got they've got France, then England. That's the first two games, and I think they're both away. No, the home second game's home. Oh, they right, okay. I don't think it matters. Yeah, then, yes. um, then they've got God. Then they've got Ireland. Jesus <laughs> Christ! They've got so. In fairness, the game they'll be targeting is probably going to be Scotland in round four because Italy are at home. That'll be the one that they think they can. I think they'll target. Yeah, maybe target. They'll target. I think they'll target Wales away. Possibly. Well, it depends how the games go, doesn't it? Depends on the results. Um, wooden spoon decided to me. Jeez, I'll never show my face. I, I've got um, on that last weekend. I know we're, we're going up too far, but on that last weekend, I'm going to a, a Kevin and Perry go large night. <laughs> so, um, so a few of the lads are coming around, drinking all day, watch all the games, go to Kevin and Perry. So. If we lose, if we lose, my I probably won't even make Kevin and Perry because I just have to drown my sorrows so bad, so bad. Right, anyway, so yeah, obviously, oh, please Wales, do a job, do a job. Scotland do a job, and we'll Italy both be happy next job. week. Italy do a job, and then we'll be extremely happy next week. To be honest, I think we're going to be buzzing next week anyway. Because um, by the time we're recording this next week, mate, I'll be sat here. <laughs> With a beer, the dogs are kicked off. Yeah. With a beer, buzzing. Because we'll be going out for Cardiff for the game. It's on. Anyway, so, yeah. Anything else, Todd, mate? No, nothing from me, mate. Just fantastic. Look this weekend. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Everyone enjoy the games. Get as many beers down as possible. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. We will be back next week. We're, we're going to be consistent now. We're as consistent as we can be. Because we're never consistent, are we? No, we're useless. All right, then. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. Bye. In a bit. Bye.